Welcome to Mentally Sound's Life in Lockdown podcast series. This is episode 84. My name is Ricky Thaman and I'm your host for the next hour. Mentally Sound is a mental health and mental well-being show. The idea is that myself and my guests talk candidly and at substance on everything to do with mental health. So on that basis, as a disclaimer, we do strongly advise you that you go and see your GP, nearest therapist and crisis centre if you find the topics of our discussion distressing for you. Reminder that Mentally Sound is a podcast, formerly a radio show, that pre-exists the pandemic and lockdown, so we've adapted the podcast medium for the meantime during and post-lockdown. If you listen to us on Spice FM, Newcastle's brilliant community radio station from the heart of the West End. You can tune in via 98.8 FM or online via the website at spicefm.co.uk. And we're on air on Tuesdays at 1pm and repeated on Saturdays at 3pm. If you'd like to get in touch, perhaps be signposted to a guest or seek advice from our therapist, you can email us at mentallysound.com at spicefm.co.uk or get in touch via our social media where we have links to all our shows as well. On Twitter, we're at underscore Mentally Sound. On Instagram, we're at Mentally Sound Radio. And on Facebook, it's Mentally Sound Radio Show and Radio Show being in brackets. And incidentally, on our Facebook header page, you'll find all our updated archives to all our podcasts with all the relative topics listed underneath. We're also on the relevant podcast platforms. Look up Mentally Sound on Clip, spelled C-L-Y-P, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And on the show this week, I have two very special guests. Firstly... Jane Carter Woodrow, who is an author and scriptwriter. Jane and I follow each other on social media. I asked her to come on, she agreed. I wanted to ask her about all the things to do with writing and scriptwriting. She also has a PhD in criminology. And she had just written a book. Well, I say just written, it's been published for a good few years now. It's called After Evil. And I thought I'd pick up on a few topics within the book, particularly the rights of victims. It happened to be a book that centred around the growing up of a boy into a man. That boy happened to be Neil Jackson. Neil Jackson was a victim, as in his mum was a fatal victim, very sadly, at the hands of the Yorkshire Ripper. And she wrote with him about his experiences and Jane then thought that I should extend the invite further to Neil coming on the show as well and I thought fabulous that it'd be awesome talking to Neil because reading the book you get a picture of what it was like 30-40 years ago in terms of victim support particularly after such a horrendous crime a very public crime. Neil was very vivid in his book. 
So when Jane suggested Neil could come on, I was, well, more than delighted. And Jane travelled from Cambridge all the way up to Leeds to join Neil in a room so they could both talk to me via Zoom. So this was, you know, phenomenal again. The previous podcast I talked to Andy Woodward regarding his experiences regarding child abuse and now here I talk to the child of uh, a mother who was uh, killed by the Yorkshire Ripper. Very, very, very heavy subject. And again, like with the previous podcast, listeners' discretion is, is very heavily advised. If you find the topics distressing for you, please seek help immediately or as soon as you can. And um, But we talk about survival like to think Neil's in a much better place thanks to the book, thanks to collaborating with Jane. I think the book helped bring Neil into a better place. And there's some exciting news on on the other end of this, which you'll hear towards the end of the podcast, in terms of telling the stories of victims and not just making it about the perpetrator in such in these in such cases like this. So um yeah. Please enjoy. This is another great Mentally Sound episode. Thank you. Hello, followers. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Mentally Sound's Life and Lockdown podcast. We're at episode 84. Joining me now are two very special guests. I initially got in touch with this author. She's not only an author, she's a scriptwriter. Uh, she's got a PhD in criminology. First sort of caught sight of her when she was talking in a documentary. We follow each other on Twitter, asked her to come along. I've just read a book that she co-wrote. And it just so happens that when she agreed to do this podcast, she also brought um, the very person who was a subject matter of that book, uh, his name's Neil Jackson. He also joins us. Neil is the son of uh, what's believed to be the, the second victim of uh, people out there know the, the Yorkshire Ripper. And Neil, in very recent years, has, has come out and talked about uh, his life growing up. And I think it's largely down to the book. And I've also seen him in documentaries now. So many thanks, first of all, for Jane for agreeing to do this. Not only that, she commuted all the way up to Leeds from Cambridge to share a room with Neil, who, who's with her now. How are you both? Okay, thank you. Good, thank you. How was that intro? Okay? Not bad. <laughs> it was all right. It was all right. Feel free to, feel free to correct me, because I'm, I'm often a bit, uh, you know, I'm not a professional by all means. But, um, no, um, very... There's one thing, sorry, there's just one thing you said, Ricky, yeah? was that... Um, he was a victim of the Yorkshire Ripper. It was his mother that was a victim. He's the, he is the victim, but he's the indirect victim. Oh, of course, but, yeah. I, mean, I leave it to you. Some of the second victim. Yeah. That's yeah. So, yes, I mean, I can't thank both Neil and, 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 and Jane for agreeing to do this. Um, because those that know me, um, I often talk about trauma and, um, you know, the rights and voices of victims out there, um, you know, direct and indirect. Um, people know there about my own story as well. 
And I think um, this book called After Evil, which has been out for a number of years now, and I urge everyone to to read it, because I think it gives insight not only to Neil's story, but also the kind of help that was offered or the kind of help that wasn't offered to, to, to be more more to the point. And uh, we're talking about, you know, a uh, good sort of, sort of 30, 40 odd years ago. And um, I, I think the book is a really good reference point towards that. I mean, um, first of all, I'll ask you, Jane, how, what was the inspiration to, first of all, write a book? And I know that you, you made special effort to get in touch with the, the children or, or, or the victims to, to help kind of co-write this book. Is that right? That's right. I was actually doing research with women in prison mm-hmm. and I was looking at their children and people who cared for them mm-hmm. and um, and then obviously talking to the uh, inmates themselves, um, the women mm-hmm. um, and the girls and you soon realised that these people were victims. Mm-hmm. They'd been through awful times, uh, including as children. Um, so I started to kind of look more, as well as also what was happening to his children, some of the children. Um, so I thought, well, this is really dreadful and these things need looking at. But what on earth happens in the cases of high-profile um, victims, their families? What's, what's happening there? How do they cope? Yeah. Like with this, you know, uh, a child loses their mother to prison, mm. that's bad enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens when it's really high profile, when everything's in the press and yeah. on the news, and then when that goes away, what happens to those children? Yeah. So um, the Yorkshire Ripper, I was living up in Leeds when that was happening, mm-hmm. um, moved down to Cambridge, and then at that time I thought, well, I'd like to see what happened to those children, mm-hmm. of, of those ladies that were... Uh, murdered by the Yorkshire Ripper, mm-hmm. and so um, I put out, you know, um, ways of contacting people. Mm-hmm. And Neil was um, the third person I met, yeah. uh, and you know, I mean, there were some amazing stories. But um, uh, Neil was seventeen at the time. Mm-hmm. He he went through the whole thing, the, the way the family was split apart. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to see murder after murder after murder. So how does it how does he come to terms with that? How, can, how does he get chance? How can he ever really grieve when mm-hmm. it, it's coming up again and again mm-hmm. and again? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, I, and Neil, I was really pleased that he agreed. You know, I think we get on really well. And so it was a pleasure to write with him. Yeah. And so we, so Neil introduced me to... Um, his family and neighbours and people that remembered his mother, Emily, Emily yeah. Jackson, who was 42 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how it all began. It was difficult mm-hmm. because Neil found it very difficult, obviously. He was very, very traumatised. Yeah. And so it took a long time. I think you have to say something now. Back in the day, yeah. there was victim support. Yeah. Criminal injuries. Mm. No one said anything to me yeah. about them. Yeah, yeah. Every murder went mm. on. My mm. shoulders got me through. Mm. Myself. Mm. And Neil, I wonder that I, I believe uh, was it was it a newspaper advert that you put out, Jane? Is that right? Um, 
And I just wonder, Neil, when you, you you sort of came upon that advert, did you feel it was an opportunity for you to sort of open up and maybe release these sort of inner feelings and thoughts? Do you feel like a um, did it did it take very long for you to to think about when when sort of uh, you reaching out back to Jim? Yeah. I met Jane, it was like a relief. Yeah. I, I could talk to Jane, mm -hmm. talk to her, yeah. discuss different ways yeah. of managing things. Yeah. yeah. Because um, at that time, I mean, Neil had absolutely no... No, no victim's fault. Mm -hmm. No, no, Glyn's li liaison officers, nothing. Mm -hmm. so, so, there was it about. They don't just come into law. Yeah. They didn't, the police force never mentioned it to me. Yeah. Did you feel to some extent through your convers those early conversations with Jane and then when you when you both sort of started the collaboration that in a way it became a it it became a kind of an in a direct indirect sort of almost like a counselling session a talking therapy that you never really it, it, it wasn't like a therapy. Yeah. And I think it got more so over the years as. Um, Neil was able to speak. I mean, mm. he was very in shock, very traumatized. Yeah. You know? And 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 by what had happened, the complete shock, and his mother, who he was so close to, yeah. um, because of a tragedy that happened earlier. Mm. So it, it couldn't have been a worse um, situation. It's like, I know that I might don't say it in the book. Mm. When it happened, mm -hmm. it didn't just kill the man, mm -hmm. it killed the family. Yeah, yeah. All the family went different ways. Absolutely, yeah. And even as Jane sort of alluded to there just before, Neil, having seen your, your appearances in a couple of documentaries that I saw, I kind of more or less felt that I got the gist of the story, but it wasn't, it wasn't until I read the book that so very tragically, before before your your, your mum's um, passing, you you suffered a very an earlier trauma with the loss of your older brother. So, when me and Jin were talking, it was it was like a tragedy upon another tragedy, wasn't it? So you almost had to go through a very double. Me and Jin were like twins. Yeah. Even though there were five years between us, mm -hmm. we were like losing your big brother. Yeah. And he was your he was your hero, wasn't he? I mean, the, the, the it was yes. Yeah, and you dedicated to to the book to to him alongside your mum. Do you want to spend a, a couple of minutes, Neil, talking about your for listeners out there what your brother was like and what do you think what do you think he would have grown up to become? You know, what was his aspirations, that sort of thing. In his younger days, mm -hmm. he loved football. Yeah, he played played football for the school. Mm -hmm. So to me, as I thought, I made a good good footballer. Yeah, and Leeds were a big team back then, weren't they? And, and they were your kind of. Back in the days, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very good team. Yeah. Yes, it would have been wonderful. Leeds United at that time, goodness. Yeah, and I think um, following on from that, Neil, and 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 I'll be interested in your thoughts, Jane, as well. The life, you know, after 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 after. Derek sadly passed on. Your man made a, a, gr a great effort to try and re rebuild and repair the family. Hence, why, you know, you, you, you had a you had a you had a, you had a pet horse in the house. Yeah, 
the business was taking off and you were bringing in other work. And I think you you kind of knew that subconsciously your mum at, at that time was trying to um, create 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 a big family. You were going off on, on these wonderful exotic holidays. It seemed like a, a new life was emerging and very sadly came to tragic end. When Without being able to drive, she went in the local taxi. Yeah. School yeah. You have to pick them all up and take them to school. Mm. All the little ones in the in the road where Neil's little brother and sister live. So she would, and you did it, yeah, didn't you, yeah, Neil? Yeah, yeah. And pick the children up from school. Yeah. Take them to school, bring them home from school. Yeah, they'd yeah. all sit in the back bed and he, Neil would open the sliding door and the children would just drop onto the grass bed mm. by their homes. I mean, they were all singing. It was like wonderful. Mm -hmm. It was such a magic childhood, really, Neil, wasn't it? Mm. Neil's mum also, as well as the holidays, um, she um, bought a horse yeah. called Goldie. Yeah. Um, it was an old horse, I think, wasn't it, for the little ones, you know. And um, do you want to tell him about music? Probably was a, a pony. Yeah. But me, me, uh, my sister, Angela. Yeah. And uh, it was a comical bugger. <laughs> it, it was comical. Yeah. yeah. It come part of the field. Yeah. Go and go up the drive, mm -hmm. go through the front yard, mm -hmm. up the drive. Yeah. Would not go past that door yeah. till the man give it a biscuit. <laughs> give it a biscuit and then they'd pour it, gold it, and go into the back garden. Yeah. Grass. I also remember a line in the book where you said that your man would often give Goldie a smack on the rump if it got a bit greedy or something like that. Is that right? <laughs> well, he, the horse knocked at the front of uh, the back door. It was just like those for the biscuits. It wouldn't go. It, it would, would not walk past that door. Yeah. It'd tap its head on, on, on the door. Don't yeah. have come. Yeah. I think, well, I think. Um... Neil, your mum would, what as we would call nowadays, was sort of a community champion back then, wasn't she? It wasn't just your family, it was all the street, the neighbourhood. I'd, I'd say so. Yeah. Absolutely. She really was. She was a I'd girl. say the back, backbone of the family. Yeah. And, and pretty much in the neighbourhood as well, Neil. They had a... Um, in the neighbourhood as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lovely, lovely friends. Yeah. Lovely. Everybody spoke so, so well. of it. And I wonder, like you did with with Derek Neil, do you want to spend a minute or two, tell you know, um, telling telling listeners what you what you what your mum was like, her characteristic. We we've of course got a flavour there, being being the heart of the community. But what else could you tell people out there that you know what 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 was the great attributes to, about about Emily? Yeah, it, it was it was comical. Yeah, trying to make a job of anything. Mm -hmm. It, I remember one time we'd been to Cherwell Park sledging in snow. Yeah. And he's come down this hill uh -huh. and he swerved to miss a tree. Mm. No, he didn't he didn't miss the tree. He ate it. <laughs> broke his leg. Mm. Took six of us to pick him up, put him on a sledge to slide him home. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it sounds very much a, an, an idyllic childhood, Neil, until everything very tragically took not only yeah. a, a very sad turn, but but twice when you when you put when you consider your older brother and your mum. And I just wonder, Neil, when 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 it happened, when it did, regarding your mum. I mean, you. Did you feel in a sense, even though you were in your late teens, but it was kind of like you had to grow up really fast because, of course, you had to go through the trauma of not of having to digest the very horrific news, but also, you know, you had to go to the mortuary and, and you know, and identify your mum and all that sort of thing. I mean, I mean... Exactly. It's like... Like a storm that's hit you. Mm. You've got to, got to get back up mm. and keep going. Yeah. But even even with that, that those precise moments, I mean, from what I remember in the book, I mean, there was no amount of preparation that even the police could do to even, you know, even when they took, I think, you and your father, and then and then your father said he couldn't do it, so you had to go and identify your mum. But nothing prepares you for that, does it really? I mean, even as even as even grown ups find it really hard. But for you, for you're such a young lad, um, I cannot I honestly say. I identify my battle body mm. at 17 and a half. Yeah. I can honestly say now I'm 54, uh, 64. <laughs> <laughs> I would not like to go through it again. No, no, absolutely. Uh, no. I've done it once, but I don't want it again. Mm. You, you blocked it, didn't you, really? Because you couldn't say that. You try and block it out of your mind. Mm. You can't block it out of your mind because mm. it, it's always there. Yeah. And Jane, I wonder when, when you were collaborating with Neil and, and, and when you hone in on those sort of moments, was that something that you really want to emphasize about how, especially back then, the, 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 you know, the victims, the, the, the children involved, um, that not enough was being said about what they had to do, what they went through. Do you feel that that was something you really had to unearth? Yes, I do. Mm. There was nothing about the children at all. It was dreadful. Mm. I mean, all those, there was 23 probably more children yeah. who were left without mothers. And whether the mothers lived with them or not, they were still a very important part of their life. Mm. Um, absolutely tragic, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Neil, of course, um, you know, they were still a, very much a family unit. And, of course, you know, the shock as well was mm. what they said that Emily was doing mm. but Emily was a very very hard-working woman she mm. did the books yeah. she drove the van because her husband couldn't drive she ran a fruit and veg round she as Neil said she picked up the children she was the heart of the community she really was in mm. fact green yeah. and um and you know sometimes people have to do what they have to do mm -hmm. you know um mm. and and she was still keeping the family afloat. Yeah. Doing that, you know, uh, uh, which was a short period of time. But yes, she had to do that um, because there was some problem at that time mm -hmm. um, with the bills. And you know, she was what she was trying to do was to give those children a really happy, lovely childhood after yeah, what had happened. Mm -hmm. With Neil's brother, you know that was so yeah. tragic, and yeah. she wanted to get those children. And and times were tough then, and mm. so she made sure that they had this 
wonderful childhood. It's just you're very right because I think certainly in the first half of the book that was what struck me most of all. First of all, I didn't know about the the tragedy of of Neil losing his older brother Derek. So for that to have to be the almost the prelude the prelude to what what eventually happened as well afterwards was 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 so big. Um, Jane, a, a little bit about your background. You you do script writing and. You know, you've got you've got the criminology PhD. Um, yeah. So, have you kind of written or been inspired by similar cases? Which maybe when you started working along along with with Neil, did you find certain parallels to pieces of work you did in the past, and um, that sort of thing? Do you know where I'm sort of going on with that? Is there sort of parallels with stuff that you've done before? Uh, with uh, um, um, Neil's was quite unique, so I kept that separate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've done. We've now. Um, I've written a play and that's gone very well actually which mm. had its first reading and Neil was consultant on that and that's mm. called Summits Happen mm. which is what Neil said to the little ones when they came home from school that day and their mother wasn't there yeah. she'd just been murdered yeah. and Neil cooked them tea and he, he just didn't couldn't think what how do you explain that to these two little children mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. they said where's mummy and he said well mm-hmm. so that's happened you know that's mm-hmm. um what do you say you, you, know? can't, you can't just say, say more or less oh, yeah. yeah you're not going to say it was so so difficult mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean the you you mentioned the play in our pre-chat jane and i and, and i think we'll, we'll leave that a little bit later on because that, that sounds really quite quite promising um neil um what else what uh, what what also intrigued me was um you know not long after the loss of your mum and you were trying to sort of you know pick up the pieces of you know the fragments with what with everything going on one of the first thing you did was 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 join the army and i and i wonder how how kind of how much how much impulse was that was that for you then did you feel that maybe you needed a a change of environment? Did you feel that you needed other peers around you? Did, was it a change of scene or? Away from, getting away from the press. Yeah. They raise mm-hmm. people this and the other. Mm-hmm. And I thought, turning up, they have done me good. Yeah. Trying to get my life back on track. Mm-hmm. But then again, you see it in the news, you see it in the paper. Yeah, that was the that was the other thing which um, which kind of intrigued me as well was that um, whilst you I think you were getting some means of peer support amongst the, the the other sort of young recruits as it were, but because as the murders were still happening, it was very hard for you to escape, wasn't it? It was just kind of yeah. It followed it followed you everywhere you went, didn't it? With different barracks, I've been. In the barracks, and they watching news. Mm. Oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. That face, it's you, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And it was something that you you didn't want to reveal at the time. It was because there was so much stigma around, wasn't it? Would that be true to say that? Um... It was that. It was that. Yeah. It's, it's like I said earlier on. There was victim support. Place mm. liaison officer. Yeah. Not one of them come forward and mentioned it to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, so so there were people there that were aware of your your background and what what just happened, but yeah, yeah, yeah. right, okay, 
it'll be interesting to to see how much has changed in that regard then um because as you say it, it almost seems like a different different world back then didn't it um How does that make you feel, Jane, knowing that, that you kind of were maybe maybe were like a level of support that perhaps you didn't perhaps predict might happen? It makes me feel angry that Neil was left high and dry like that. It really does. I mean yeah. why didn't somebody come forward, you know, from the services and speak to him as a seventeen year old? Why? Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, it it was awful. Mm. So that's why the book took so long and you know Neil, you know, was obviously depressed and traumatised. It, it took a long time to be able to face some of those things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, he, I can quite see why he joined the army. Day and night, the press were there. Weren't they? You know? yeah. And then, you know, the only way to get away from all that, and that was very quick, that mm-hmm. he, he joined the army to... It's like you said, you said, you said uh, Videos and the the others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It shows shows the photos. Mm-hmm. So, so you ne- you never get never get away get get it never leaves you. Yeah. yeah. So you, you've got to a morals got 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 to it now with the stage. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. It won't go away. I mean, even, even um, I believe, sort of 1980, 81, after the rip had been caught, where you might, you might think, well, the nation, fam- you know, families um, could breathe a sigh of relief, but because it was so constantly in the news, there was always something to do with the ripper in the news, wasn't it? So I just wonder, Neil, how, how elongated was that feeling of not being able to escape it, even, even after all them years, did you... I mean, it was it was it until right up until when when Jay got, Jane got in touch, or was there moments it, perhaps before then? Did you feel that you could actually, you know, finally move on with life? Every time it done one or a murder, mm-hmm. it come back up yeah. before your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yes, it showed to every time, wasn't it? Yeah. Was also, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or, yeah. No, no spare cutting. Yeah. I mean that that's a that's a really that's a real um really important point because even during the height of the the murders, I mean, I remember you saying in the book that every time you turned turned around in a the street there would be a big billboard with your mum's face on and stuff. I mean that in itself would be, you know, whilst you're trying to come to terms with everything and having your, your mum's image up on Yeah, yeah. How hard was that in particular, knowing that, you know, your, yeah. your friends and peers as well were also having to look up and see an image of your mum up there. Very hard. Very hard. Mm-hmm. I can I can mention one thing, one now mm-hmm. instance. My son, his mum, 
I'd just started caught in a, a time. Mm. I'd only been with her two or three weeks. And I mean, I'm pumping legs. Mm. And this hand went on my shoulder. You all right, Mr. Jackson? Mm. I said, I am, yeah. I said, who are you? I said, I'm one of the police officers that investigated your man. I went, yeah, don't worry. Wow. Wow. Well, I don't want it when I'm out in company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder now, Neil, like with you, when you, you know mentioned the victim support, the kind of level of support that people have now, I wonder how you feel. Is, is, is it anger? Is it bittersweet? Because in one sense, I guess, we, we've learned lessons from what, what, what went on back then, so victims nowadays can get a, a means of support. So do you feel... Do you feel in one sense that that's good, that that's going on now, but a little bit angry that it wasn't available back then, in a way? Is it a bittersweet kind of feeling for you? Well, you just mentioned there. I can mention something else there, another, another way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got DNA. Yeah. Back then, you didn't have it. Mm-hmm. You had computers. Yeah. Everything yeah. was docketed on a yeah. piece of paper. Yeah. Everything was all down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't one kept one kept on records. Mm-hmm. And that 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 sort of sparse in 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 difference of of the kind of support between then and now must have. I mean, you were already aware of that, Jane, but but it also must have opened your eyes further when when Neil was telling you about the the lack of support that was available to him back then. Yes, I mean, I didn't know. Um, what was happening in that department at that time, but and I couldn't believe that mm-hmm. you know, I had no support at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, I don't know what support you've had because you've kind of missed the boat. Even now, you've just had to. The support I've had, mm-hmm. you've seen, seen videos of me. Mm-hmm. I've got big shoulders. Yeah. Them shoulders are mine. Yeah. They're big. Yeah. They've carried a big weight. Yeah. My way. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, retrospectively um, that Neil's tried to seek help as well, and it hasn't been there because so many years have passed, yeah. and that's really wrong because, I mean, he wasn't able. He wasn't able to apply for any of those things, you know, at that time, even if he'd have known about them. When he did know about them, of course, it was too late, but he was mm. in no state. He was traumatised. Mm. So I do think that's wrong, this cut-off period of so many years before oh, yes. he can apply. Most and definitely. also counselling. He, he's had trouble, haven't he? He was counselling even yeah. lately. Counselling. Oh, very, very limited. Mm. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not it from myself. Trying to push it to one side. Yeah. You've not it to one side for so long. Yeah. I was just wonder, given you know, you, you, you talked in depth about the sort of lack of support. So I was just wonder how much kind of support have you sought after since, or has it just been more or less to you know your, your collaboration with Jane? Um you, you mentioned a bit about counselling there. Just with Jane. Jane yeah. more than And then you different things. Yeah. Were you actually diagnosed anything with, with post-traumatic stress disorder or anything like that, Neil? No, nobody mentioned 
I worked about till two years ago. Only just two years ago, right? Yeah. Right. And I wonder, um, going back to the, the, the issue of peer support, have you kind of met or chatted to anyone who've gone through similar experiences, maybe gained some means of um, peer support in that way? Is it, is it just been solely you, you, yourself and what you've talked about with, with Jane? I, I got a bit of advice mm-hmm. from Jane yeah. to try and ring crews. I mean, my my own my own. Forty six years, it's over a lot of years. Yeah, yeah. And Jane mentioned something to me. Well, they mentioned a, a group called Sam's. Right. S M A S. The fivers, um, murders and... I see, yeah, yeah. Murder. Yeah, yeah. And has there been anything anything on that score? Or has it just been... It's, uh, a, lady, a lady rings me hmm. every two or three weeks to see how I am. Yeah. Just general health-wise. Hmm. And that's all she can do, is just more or less... So, problems. Yeah. So when we when we talk about trauma, um, you know, there's there's issues like with you know with PTSD things like flashbacks. The, the I, I always describe my own PTSD as like a curveball because you know I, you, there's the depression, there's the the anxiety, there's the um, there's the insomnia, there's the flashbacks, there's the tremors, and and I just wonder what sort of symptoms. Uh, you've experienced Neil, and 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 do they still exist today, even after all this time? Well, every every time, all right, it's done and gone now, right? Mm. But every time it was on the news, yeah, yeah, it brought back memories. Yeah, it's bound to do. Yeah, yeah. And of course, the the very you know the the the, the sort of person at the heart of this, um, he he, so you know. Deceased uh, only a couple of years ago, but I imagine in one sense I was gonna I was gonna ask you this later on, Neil. But given that the Ripper, you know, he's he's gone sort of. It's been a year and a half now since he since he since he died. I just wonder, does it feel like a, a chapter's been closed, or is there still an ongoing issues that you want to iron out, or there's still there's still kind of circles that you want to round within within your mind? I can I can give you. And I could answer. Mm-hmm. It conned UK government mm-hmm. millions. Yeah. It, it was kind of insane. Mm-hmm. It could hear these voices. Yeah. Ten years ago, he got the mental health people saying everything was okay. He could go back to prison life. Mm-hmm. Normal prison life. Yeah. Oh no, he played on it. Yeah. For ten year. Yeah. Yeah. So he conned the yeah. government out of millions. Mm-hmm. What 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 would you say on that, Jane? Would you would you agree with that? Um. Yeah, I was just thinking more about that. Um. I think that doing the book was cathartic for Neil, mm-hmm. and um. I think 
that helped and you know he also had um some good friends yeah. um to help him along the way you know it's um it, it's been difficult you know mm. he really um you know he's tried you've tried other things as well um fruits and things but it hasn't suited him you right now every every year come january yeah I got like on a what I call a meltdown for a week mm-hmm. because it's the anniversary of a death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, well, um, one of the things that um, we've recently done, which is um, um, so we um, we were working on the play. Um, Neil was helping me as consultant on the play, and um, Neil hadn't been able to go and look for his mother's grave for a long time, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Um, it'd been a long time because it was hard. Yeah, and it was it was hard for Neil um, to go there before um, he wasn't able to do that yeah. so finally he felt able to do that last year and we went we went actually on your mum's anniversary didn't we yeah and um, so we went to Cottingley and um, we found the grave um, it was in this little area by a tree it was lovely wasn't it and we cleared the ground um, and there was a, a, a little um, grey rabbit there so we put the rabbit there in a flat uh, I mean a, you know a little toy fluffy one it was mm. I just got it in a minute yeah I mean, it was lovely though wasn't it yeah, it, was, it was like you know finally sort of Layer. Yeah, it was. It, it, you know, it was. It was. It was lovely for Neil, and now he can. He feels able to go up there and visit again. You know, it, that's it, good. That's it, good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, it it was hard because um, various things that he, that his mother didn't get a stone. Mm. Um, you know, um, with his father, you know, difficulties there, mm-hmm. and um, and then. Um, when Neil could buy that stone himself, he, you know, it was at the time that Yorkshire Ripper was appealing to get out of prison. Um, of course, that was never going to happen, but it didn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so Neil didn't want him, because he lived in the same area, he didn't want him to know where the grave was. You know, he yeah. wanted that to be, to be ended. So, um, so, but this year, um, last year, um, well, no, it was this year, wasn't it? It was January. Yeah, yeah, we, just yeah he, he was able to do that. So. Yeah, so I mean, that, you, you sort of answered the question I was going to ask later on as well, um, Jane, about the, the whole catharticism aspect of writing the book and also, you know, visiting the grave. And I think that's, yeah, I think you've illustrated it really well, just what it meant there. And, and Neil, going back to, you know, you talk about the the meltdown period, but... I remember the time you talked, and, and this will be the, the last question before we talk maybe more in depth about the, the play that you're both working on. But that time when you talked about that breakdown that you had, I remember when you said that you went home one day and you sat in the chair and you literally didn't move. Was it for like a week or two? And you didn't yes. you didn't eat or sleep? I mean, was that the... Have you had an experience like that since? Or was that the first time that you knew that... that 
maybe at some point you're gonna have to get help because this is you know uh, really kind of uh, kind of very destructive aspect of your life at the time you'd say And of course, the the very public nature you've come out about your story, Neil. I mean, I think I've I've seen you in at least a couple of documentaries. I mean, how how big of a leap step was that was that for you to not not only are you telling your story, but you're actually there in a very you know in 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 a very mainstream mainstream documentary telling telling the audience about your life, your mum, your growing up. I mean that, and I just wonder how you felt after, how you felt after doing that. It's a relief. Mm. I, I think it's a relief. Yeah. Like, young get out of it. Mm. Yeah. And just showing you how the government were conned. Mm. Mm. So you literally did have a voice there, didn't you? That you were able to use, and and I imagine you're going to say it's largely thanks to Jane as well that you were able to achieve that. It, it was. It was quite a long while after that I actually met Neil when mm. I approached him. It would be, yeah. I think, early 90s. Right. So, And this had happened in um, January 1976. Mm. So he'd just been really left high and dry for all those years, you know. Mm. So um, mm. it was... Like Jane says, she's helped me a great deal. Oh, well, I know. Very big help to me. Great. Great. And I suppose the book um, is is one way of look. Is, I guess it's a way about using a certain medium where you can turn something really negative into something positive, like a force for good. And I believe it is because I think the the book, in a way, is a good reference point as to when you look at the 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 lack of help then and the, and the the kind of help available now. It's kind of very black and white. Um, so I, I look at the book not only as a, as a telling of Neil's story, but also. A kind of a sign of the times. I wonder if you agree on that, Jane. And I wonder with the with the play that you're both working on now, it, it's also another good example of turning something that was once, you know, very dark and negative into something forced for good. Yeah, it was. Um, we wanted um, Emily to be remembered as she was, mm. not as these stories in the press. You know, just yeah. you know, prostitutes, prostitutes, all this kind of thing. Mm. Um, so you know, we wanted to tell her story and um neil's obviously um through that so um that was a, a good way to do it and um yes and now so we're working uh, i've written the uh, first draft of the stage play which had a reading at the cambridge junction and high tide in london uh, interested in they're mm -hmm. also going to support me and other theaters as well so um we're looking forward to um, developing that to the next stage. Mm -hmm. um, and Neil has also got some really interesting news, haven't you? There's a TV company approached me mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, with the COVID get kicking in, I got approached again in March. Um, we, I met them. Met the people, the ocean people. Yeah. And they just were discussing it mm -hmm. on a two part series. Right, okay. Um, and everything completely based on the book, or is it going to be um, 
it's book from family. Right. Okay. And and it's it your. I mean, you as a, as a central character, or is, is it your mum, or is it going to be the whole family, or? <laughs> I mean, how, how do you feel, Neil, about that? I mean, it must have been so surreal, kind of, seeing it, this, seeing it transformed into this and then seeing it played back at you. It, it, like I said before, it's, it's like a relief. Yeah. To get my opinion yeah. out. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Jane, as well? Oh, I think it's wonderful for Neil. I think it's going to feature some of the other families as well, but it's going to be a very big chunk about Neil. Yeah. And Emily, so so and and great actors is Catherine Glasgow, isn't it? Um, yeah, from <clears throat> one of the characters for me that is a lad called Danny Mailing. Okay. He used to be in EastEnders. Right. Yeah. Uh, the one who's playing me, Mum, mm -hmm. is Catherine Kelly. Right. Yeah. 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 Sorry. And the other one is Debbie Dingle. Okay. Oh, Debbie Dingle, right? Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm really excited about this. I mean, from because I think with when you talk about the subject matter, it's often sort of um, I don't know what the word is, but you know, kind of like it's it's. When when it's when 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 a certain killer is a harder thing, it's all, almost sensationalized, and it's all about that person. And often the victims and their voices are often sort of hidden, hidden hidden underneath. But here's a great opportunity to tell, you know, like with the book, like with the play. Finally, our voices, our stories, are get to be told because that, you know, after all, that's what we, that's the, that's what we want to hear, isn't it? I mean. I'm 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 really chuffed for you, Neil. Uh, you know, it, it sounds really promising. Um, did you have this sort of expectation on the back of this, Jane, as well? If you go off air, talk with us. I'll tell you the name of it. Yeah. They call it the Long Shadow. Right. Okay. It's ITV. That will be ITV. It's on ITV. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna look forward to that. I really am. And I guess that's a lot. That's a re that's an interesting title because when you. Think about the shadow. It's often the stories that get lost in that shadow, and now it gets to be reappeared, kind of thing yeah. on those lines. Good title, yeah, exactly. Fantastic. But like uh, the shadow is my shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so what can we expect from the the play, um, Jane? I, I, you probably don't want to talk too much about it because you don't want any sort of spoiler alerts. But no, it's it's been very well reviewed. And so far, it has been very well reviewed, so I'm quite happy with that. And um, yeah, so we 
progress to the next stage now. Yeah. So we'll get the um, play up on its feet, as they say. So mm. from an extremely good reading, which was recorded, mm. we now go to the next stage of performance. Right. So, yes, it's all going really well. Well, keep keep us in touch. Um, we'll look, do. We'll love to know how it progresses and if there's anything mentally sound can do to help promote or you know, do a feature on it on anything, we'll be more than glad to do so. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Um, do you want my phone? You can ask Jim for it later on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Um, Neil's contact details, actually. I should have done that. It's all right. It's, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. No, I'll do it myself. Yeah. And Neil's got his shoe off. Okay. Um... I just want to just like you know congratulate you Neil and Jane on the book. It's it's one of the most informative, sort of very inspiring, and and being being a passionate person myself in terms of like vic, you know victims' voices, I think it really does that. Yeah. Um, you know, certain aspects really stand out for me. Like I'll, I'll give you one which I noted down here. For example, in regards to your your big brother Derek Neil, that I remember you saying that. Um, when you put on his coat, for example, it felt like he was kind of keeping watch over you, even after death. That he felt like he... I think I think lines like that are really strong and powerful, and it kind of hit home for me. I remember when I lost my my my, my dad. I used to regularly back then used to open up his wardrobe and just hug his clothes. I used to hug all the clothes hung on his wardrobe because it felt like he was kind of watching me. So that was that was another line that really related to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, as I say, uh, Neil has to has to uh, shoot off. Um, but I, I can't thank you both enough for this this very fantastic podcast. Jane Carter Woodrow and Neil Jackson, this has been fabulous talking to you both, and um, very well done on the book again. And thank you for joining us on Mentally Sound. Oh, thank you. I'll talk to you, Ricky. Yeah. yeah, and thank you as well, Jane, for for commuting all the way to uh, Leeds from. On Cambridge. I mean, that's. I'm not sure anyone's made that much effort for us before. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. As I say, everybody, um, look after yourselves, but more importantly, look after your mental health. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Neil. It's been another edition of Life in Lockdown Mentally Sound. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Thank you.